glory of your holy name. Amen. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. We have um, been seeing how Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and he's um, just burst forth into praise about all the blessings God has given on to those who are trusting in Jesus. And uh, we've, we've been working through as he's listed these, and now Paul turns from blessing God for all these things to now praying for the Ephesians. Very common in, in the letters to have a brief prayer, and so this is um, the, the prayer that he has for them. So we're going to look at this, and notice all, for this reason, that's all that's going on, all these blessings that God has given us, um, and that he's heard of their faith, um, he gives thanks for them. Right? He's, he's giving thanks to God for the people who have responded to the gospel call. And that um, um, now prays that the Lord Jesus Christ, will, um, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Their eyes would be open. So he's, he's, what he's praying for now is that they will know these things that he's blessed God for. So there's a sense in which he says, God's given these things, and I'm going to pray that you know it deeper. So there, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can know something, and then you really know it in your heart. And what he's praying is that they have this spirit open up their hearts to the revelation of the things he's just told them they have. So as, as they realize they have redemption, as they realize they have an inheritance, as they realize all these things, now he's praying that the Spirit will kind of drive that deep in. And I'm sure you've, you've kind of had the thing where you know something in your mind, but then it has to be really worked into your heart where you just know it. It's in your gut. You know it. And so that's what he's praying that the Spirit will now do uh, with them. So we're going to look at um, the, kind of what he's praying for um, and a little bit about how this, this spirit of revelation, this spirit of wisdom, and then the content of that prayer. Uh, so what I want us to just notice first off is notice how he's praying for them, um, that he's praying that they might have the Holy Spirit open the eyes of their heart to the truth that he's just told them, you know, explain the scripture, much like the way we pray before uh, we have the, the scripture reading. We're praying for the Spirit to to give us an understanding because we know God works through His Spirit um, through the Word. So the Spirit takes the Word, opens it to it. You've 
probably had this experience where you've read a Bible passage your whole life, and then you get to the point where the eyes of your heart are open, and you get it. You understand it. That's, that's what he's praying for, and that they might know the riches of their glorious inheritance, that they might know the greatness of God's power, that, that they might have an understanding of all these things to deeply trust in them. Now, when we hear this, how does this kind of compare to the way we tend to pray? Um, it's not uncommon for me to ask someone, how can I pray for you? And for them to respond, everything's good. As though prayer is only uh, when we um, are things bad and we need God to heal us and, or we're in a shape that we can't solve the problem ourselves. Now we get, need to go to God. We absolutely need to do that. We absolutely need to pray for the sick. We, we certainly should pray when we are in difficulty. But if you look at Paul's prayer here to a people who are persecuted, a people who, I mean, I'm, I'm, certainly, I'm certain that they um, had some people with ailments and pains that we would want prayer for. But notice the, the priority he's praying for is that they know God better. Um, that, the, that the gospel is at work in their life. Um, J- Don Carson did a study of, of Paul's prayers throughout the Scripture um, and, and, and published this work, and he just really kind of points out that we tend to focus on our needs and health, physical things, but if you look at Paul, he's primarily focused on spiritual realities, that the Holy Spirit would be at work in your life. So we certainly want to pray for healing. We want to pray for comfort. I'm praying for my kids. Watch out for them as they uh, are on their own. We're certainly praying for um, others. But do we also pray, Lord, open your word to me that I know you deeper. Lord, send your spirit that I might have my sins revealed to me that I grow. How often do you pray that not only the children or grandchildren um, do well in school, don't get into trouble, stay safe, and don't do anything stupid, but also come to trust deeply in Christ. Come to pursue holiness. Have the boldness to share faith with others. Uh, just it, it, It's good for us to pause and look at the content of that prayer and compare ours that how often do we add, Lord, bless the, the attempts of the church to share your gospel. Lord, be at work with those who hear your message. And so notice he is doing this thing. So the prayer, first off, is for this spirit revelation. He's asking for the gospel to be known deeper. And it is for revelation. I I do find it interesting. This prayer kind of turns immediately to ask that the things that he's just praised God for giving to them, he's asking that a spirit of wisdom and revelation opens our eyes to the heart to have those things and to know those things that he's just told them they have. Um, because we need the Spirit. I want to I point out a couple of things with this. Um, notice who he is praying gets the revelation. He's not praying that the pastor at Ephesus has a vision. He's not praying that they would hear Paul's vision that he's giving them. He's praying that all of the believers, all of the disciples, all the members of this body of Christ that are in Ephesus, they have the immediate contact of the Holy Spirit 
opening the eyes of their heart. That means Paul wants each one of you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit to open your understanding to the Scriptures so that you know for yourself God's power, God's inheritance and mercy for you, the power of the gospel in your life. He wants you to have that. And I, and I say that because there's a trend in um, many churches where the idea is the pastor gets the vision. And everyone is united around the pastor's vision. And y'all, if that's the way God works, we're in trouble. <laughs> no. What we want to do is set one aside to study this word, to know this word, and to bring it forth and pray that the Holy Spirit works in your life as you're coming to the Scripture to give you a deep understanding. So let me, let me just, one of the practical ways this works is you have a responsibility. You don't just come and believe in what, whatever the preacher says. You hear the word, you see if it makes sense, you pray, and it's, it's not a matter if you like it or if you get warm fuzzies, but is what's being said conforming to Scripture, and is the Spirit guiding you into Scripture, which also means there's going to be some things we disagree with. And I hope I would say, um, and I, I do say, that here is what we see Scripture teaching. But if you don't see Scripture saying that, there is freedom to pray and continue to search and continue to see. There's, there's freedom to say, I have questions, let me see this, and be convinced by Scripture, the Spirit teaching me through Scripture, not apart from Scripture, but the Spirit teaching me through Scripture myself. You are the ones whom the Holy Spirit is giving a spirit of revelation and wisdom. Uh, hopefully I'm included with that, but all of us are the ones who receive this. So notice the object of his prayer are the people. You have one mediator, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit reveals him through Holy Scripture. And notice also, there is not a new revelation he's hoping for. He's wanting them to know the gospel deeper. Um, I, I, I think many of us kind of have an attitude um, or can have an attitude of, okay, the gospel is how you get in. You hear of Jesus is dying for sinners, you trust in him, and you are forgiven and saved. That's the beginning, and then you go on to bigger, deeper, more spiritual things. There is no Christianity 201. You only go deeper and deeper into that one message of the gospel. We don't get that and then, then go on to a higher level. We, we just sit in that good muse and work out the implications for it, and it is enough. It is the depths and the riches of God. And so that's why he can tell them you have this inheritance, and God has this power, and you have redemption, and then go and say, and I spray for this revelation, because you're not getting something new. You're not, there's not another message to move on to after you get the basics. You sit and you go deeper and deeper. And because of that, it's, it's that the depths of that same message is what works out in our life all that we need. The same gospel that initially brings us to salvation is the same gospel that works its way out in making us more like Christ, making us holier, making us um, closer to Him. Um, so He's not uh, showing them that you get the gospel message. Now let me move on to three steps for controlling my anger. He doesn't say, here's the message. Now let me give you a few tips for marriage. It's get this message and it works out 
for your anger. Get this message and go deeper into it. It works out in your marriage. And it, it brings us to an understanding of peace, um, an understanding of assurance. It's, it's well, one of the things I'm, I'm, there's so much anxiety. There, there's so many people who are nervous and anxious and, and kind of on edge. And this is the, the answer to it. So he doesn't say, here, come in with the gospel. Now let me teach you some tricks on mindfulness and meditation. Get this, and it is what brings us healing. It's what calms us and brings us peace. It's when we move beyond a cerebral grasp of the power of God to knowing the power of God in your life. So what is the content of what he wants to be revealed to them? First, he wants them to know the hope of their calling. What rich inheritance they have for us. The glory and the joy that is set before us. That empowers us each new day to to wake up and to think, whatever I deal with this day, whatever setbacks I have, whatever I'm struggling with, I'm on my way to the kingdom. I'm on my way to the glory of God. I will one day look upon the face of God himself. And it kind of puts other things in perspective. Then he also not only wants them to to continue the hope as they're dealing with persecution, as they're dealing with all this, to know what what is in store for them and to keep that hope pulling them into the future, he wants them to know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Not only know what you're coming up with, but as you're dealing with day-to-day life and the struggles you face and the problems, to remember the power of God that's working in your life to do his purpose. The word immeasurable there, um, the, the, the Greek word is hyperbolo, right? So I, I, I want you to see the picture here. Now, if, if you've seen a three-year-old, you know what hyper means, you know, excessive. It's beyond. And balo, well, we ought to know with that if you've thrown a ball. It, it means to throw. It means to cast. The word originally means to cast beyond. It's it's like two people are throwing spears and one casts his further than everybody else. It's the hyperbolo. Um, it's where we get the word hyperbolic, hyperbole, exaggeration. It's just beyond things. So the immeasurable, get in your mind knocking the ball out of the park, completely beyond what we can understand. I mean, he's, just, he's gone immeasurable is the mount of his power. God is not straining to do anything. His power is beyond us. And it is above every other power. There are other powers at work in this world. One of the things Ephesians is going to get into is how we're at war, how there's other powers at play who are not for our good. There are spiritual realities that we see there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. There are things that we see that beyond our control. And yet, his name and his power is above all. His name is above every other name. Not only in this age, but to the age to come. There's other rules and authorities and powers and principalities and dominions and all these other things, but he is a name above every one of those. You know, we tend to think of name as being reputation, maybe. You know, the ancient Near East understood also that name meant power. 
if you knew the name of a, a spiritual being, that, that means you had some power over them. Or if you, you cast out demons, it was in the name of something. You exercised the power of others. So there's talk and acts of people who didn't know Jesus, but they were using his name to you know, cast out spirits. The idea is that there's, there's power in a name of one with authority. You know, kind of you know, someone stop in the name of the king. I have this authority. And so he, does, he wants us to know it's not just reputation, it's not fame, but above every name that is named, the name of Jesus is more powerful. This was a reality for the Ephesians. There were all these pagan gods, and there were charms and, and things like that where they would have the name of the god or the goddess, and he's saying this name is greater than any of those. The power of his name, the power that raised him from the dead is the same power at work in your life. So a couple of ways this applies to us. One, there are real powers. We might not understand them all, uh, what it means, but we, we know that there is power at work in this world. Some of us are kind of under the power of accusations and guilt. Um, we have kind of lingering regret for things that we've done in our life. We're under the power of that guilt, under the power of the law, Know that the power of Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead is the same power at work in your heart, giving you new life. Who you were in the past is not who you are now. The power of the name of Christ has set you free. You are a new creation. Just as he raised from the dead, you have been raised into newness of life. We also know there's powers of darkness in this world. There, there's just a spirit to an age that, that is, has evil, has, has things at work in our life. But many, many of us are just feeling like the world is completely upside down. Um, there, there's so many questions about um, just biology and reality. People who once were called heroes are now called villains. Once who were villains are now um, good. That, uh, someone... someone just kind of pointed out when you have a prince, a media mogul, and a highly paid athlete talking about being oppressed, our understanding of oppression is really different. We're just in a world we don't, and that's, there's, there's powers at work beyond our understanding. Many of you just want to go about life, do your work, enjoy your family. The power of politics have invaded everything. I think some of you are, um, you know, many of us, we're just not very political. We don't want to be involved, but things kind of force you into it when, I don't know, what, what, what cookie you buy or chicken sandwich you buy has political implications. And some of you are mad not only because you disagree with things, but just because you want to watch a ball game and enjoy a beer without it being a political statement. And, but, but the power of politics has invaded everything. There's a greater power. Fox and CNN are big names. There is a bigger name in Jesus Christ. Republican and Democrat are really big names. There's a power greater than them. It's a name above them. There's United States, there's China, there's Russia. There is a name above every nation. It is the name of Jesus Christ. 
Google and Amazon and Facebook, Twitter, they're huge names with huge power, but there is one with a name who is greater and more powerful. And, and whatever we're seeing and, and anxiety and, and nervousness about things, know there is a name above every dominion, every power, every business, every party, every faction, everything it will submit to the name of Jesus Christ for his name is above every name. And he is the one at work in you.